Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. I'm Sarah Foster, and my newest cookbook is Foster's Market Favorite. In your fifth cookbook, Foster's Market Favorites, you share the dishes that have kept diners coming back since 1990. Give us a little background on Foster's Market. Well, we're in Durham, North Carolina, and as you said, I started the business 25 years ago, and um, we are a very casual restaurant with a lot of outside seating. We serve primarily breakfast and lunch. We're open seven days a week, and we make everything in-house. We make everything from scratch, even our turkeys that we make our turkey sandwiches with. We roast our turkey breasts in the oven. We make all of our dressings and mayonnaise, and all of our baked goods are made from scratch. And kind of our tagline is fresh every day. So we have a lot of great fresh food, and it's always different. How did growing up in rural Tennessee influence the way you cook today? Well, I say all the time, I feel like I've kind of come full circle. I mean, I grew up um, on a farm with my parents and my grandparents, and, you know, we kind of cooked and and lived from the garden. And I feel like, um, you know, we got away from that for a while where everything was about convenience. And I feel like now that, that we're all kind of cooking seasonally and locally again, and it's, it's, it's really nice to see and nice to be a part of that. I mean, here in North Carolina, we're so lucky to have so many great farmers, uh, you know, which I think are really the backbone of our community, and they're growing wonderful things. And it's actually one of the reasons I moved to North Carolina. Now, what motivated you to make the move to New York City and go to the New York Restaurant School? Well, I was living in Lake Placid, New York, in upstate New York. I had been there for the 1980 Winter Olympics, and I worked with a woman from France, um, you know, during the Olympics, helping her. She had a catering business, and she really got me interested in food from a different perspective. Um, I love the way she cooked and, you know, just her style of cooking and the different things she was cooking that I had never really cooked growing up in Tennessee. So she just got me interested in food on a professional level, and I decided to um, get serious about it and try to, you know, go to school and start working in restaurants. And that's really what, what got me going, you know, before Foster's Market. So after the New York Restaurant School, then you moved on to work for Ronnie Davis of Washington Street Caterers. Was that when you knew catering was your thing? Well, I loved doing catering. I also worked in several different restaurants at the same time. Um, But, yeah, I loved doing catering because you could see the whole event come together and you know it was it was like putting on a stage every every time we did an event and he was a great person to work for because the display and the presentation was as important to him as the food so i learned a lot from him about you know presentation and how to build these beautiful tables, um, you know, all out of food. It was just amazing. How did you and Martha Stewart join forces? Well, I was living um, in Connecticut. My husband and I had left the city, and we'd moved to Connecticut. And I was commuting from Connecticut to still work in the city. I still worked with Ronnie, and I had a couple of different jobs in restaurants. And I was stuck in traffic one day, (laughs) 
saw a woman that had trained me for my um, job that I was I was going to that day, actually. And so, long story short, I got out of the car to just talk to her and say hi because I was just sitting in traffic. And she said, well, you know, there's this woman in Connecticut that has a catering business, and I heard her chef just left, and you might want to just call her and, you know, see if she has any positions available. So... I called Martha, and this is when she still had her catering business, and um, I did an interview with her, and my interview was I had to cook dinner for uh, Martha and her husband. And then after that, I got the job and worked for her as the chef in her catering business for about seven years. And right about that time, she had um, she had just written um, Entertaining, her first book, and she was kind of going into different directions. So she quit catering, and I opened a catering business in Greenwich, Connecticut. and did that for several years before I moved to North Carolina. Wow, talk about timing. <laughs> yeah, really. Speaking of timing, Foster's Market is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. Was the market's evolution part of some master plan, or did it happen organically? It pretty much happened organically. Um, I mean, it started, you know, living in Connecticut and being in New York and working in New York. You know, I was exposed to great markets there, and Peter, my husband, and I had come to North Carolina, and we'd visited here, and we really liked it. And, um, you know, I, I knew there was there was interest in good food here, but I felt like there wasn't really anything like Foster's Market and that we're not a typical restaurant where you go in and sit down and there's full service. Uh, we're kind of a market and a cafe combined, so... In addition to all of our great prepared foods that we do every day, we also sell things like coffee and wine and cheese and jams and jellies and things like that. So you can you can shop and you can eat at the same time, which is really nice. Um, and when I first opened, we were more of a market and less of a cafe, and it was clear after the first couple of months that we were open that people were really coming to Foster's to eat more than to shop. So over the years, we kind of got rid of all of our grocery shelves and put in more tables. And when we first opened, we only had one picnic table on the front porch. And people would stand in line to sit at the picnic table. (laughs) And so if you came to Foster's today, we have about 50 picnic tables in the front yard and on our terraces and porches and We've kind of added on to the building over the years. And, yeah, I would say it's definitely grown by uh, customer request one. So it's been a process. In your latest cookbook, you write about the question you receive most, which is, how can I make something simple like grilled chicken, a piece of fish, or a bowl of pasta more exciting? Can you talk a little bit about sauces? Well, yeah, I feel like, you know, we're all so fortunate today to have great places like Foster's Market and, and great people making jarred sauces and salsas, whether they're fresh or they're in a jar. And I always tell people when they're entertaining to not feel like they have to do every single aspect of the dinner. I mean, the point of entertaining is really to get people together and, you know, usually coming together over food is a great way to get people to communicate and relax and enjoy a meal together. But 
I think sometimes people feel like they have to make every part of the dish from start to finish. And, and I'm always saying, you know, make one or two things and then buy like a really nice sauce or a de- nice dessert and, and don't feel like you have to do everything yourself. I mean, we sell so many different great sauces, you know, some that are North Carolina products and we sell a lot of products from Stonewall Kitchen in Maine because they, they make really great sauces. And yeah, they're incredible. A lot of times I come home from work, and, and I don't want to cook, but it's easy for me to throw a, a boneless, skinless grilled chicken breast on the grill and then put some of, you know, really great sauce on it, and it, and it completely changes the boring, boneless, skinless chicken breast. So Thanksgiving is coming up. What are some of your go-to favorites? Well, some of my go-to favorites in this book are definitely the scallop potatoes. I mean, you, you, I always have to have some kind of potato on my holiday table, and I love the scallop potatoes in this book. Another one that I really love is the kale and collard greens gratin, and it, it's kind of a, my version of the, the spinach casserole. A lot of great things with sweet potatoes and roasted butternut squash in this book. There's a, a wonderful roasted butternut squash and kale salad that I think is always good on, on any holiday table. And also I think one of the great things in this book is it, it gives you variations for things. So if you don't like butternut squash or you have a different kind of squash in your market, you know, I encourage you to kind of just use the recipe as a guideline and and use things that you can buy in your area and things that might be seasonal. In your cookbook, you have a whole chapter for one pot meals, which I love. Last night for dinner, I made your recipe for 20-ish garlic cloves chicken from page 153. And your rustic toast with olive oil and sea salt from page 145. Now, James Beard's famous chicken recipe called for 40 cloves. Well, I think everyone has made their version of this dish, and I love it. it. It's just a classic dish for me, especially this time of year when the days get a little bit cooler. But I usually don't have the patience to peel 40 garlic cloves of chicken. <laughs> yeah, I, I thank you because I smell like garlic today because I was peeling and <laughs> slicing. <laughs> so what I often do, and uh, I, I think it's equally as good, um, although if you're really, really a garlic person and garlic's really good for you too, you know, and you have the patience, go for the 40 cloves. But I usually take the garlic, the head of garlic, and separate the cloves and just kind of smash the cloves with the flat blade of my knife with the skin on them and don't even take the skin off of them because I find something about when they roast in the skin, they get really mellow. And then when it's a little more difficult to eat, um, but I feel like this dish is one of those dishes that's kind of a peasant dish and you kind of have to get your hands in there anyway. So when you're serving it, you know, you kind of have to squeeze the garlic out of the skin, but it's so good. It has such wonderful flavor. So it's just kind of my version of, again, don't feel like you have to follow the recipe to the T. I mean, if, if, if you have 30 cloves of garlic or 26, it's not going to matter, really. And I think the garlic caramelized really well, so it made the chicken super sweet. Yeah, I love that recipe. It's, it's like the ultimate comfort food. 
And the bread is so good with it because then you can just kind of dip that bread into the broth and get all that wonderful garlic flavor. Yes, more garlic. (laughs) (laughs) More garlic. (laughs) Great. Well, thanks, Sarah, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Susie. I enjoyed it. 